The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to The Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Vault Podcast, Classic Music Reviews. Presented by IV Creative, it's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, Pete Cox, and riding solo once again, but shout out to all the fans out there, stateside and worldwide, for continuing to support the show. Guys, we want to thank you all for all of the love that you've shown us on social media and for getting the listens and follows out there and continuing to have those numbers to rise. Guys, we want to thank you all for all the love that you continue to show us. We're coming up on year number three for the Vault Classic Music Reviews podcast coming up in a couple of weeks. It's crazy that it's been three years and some of you all have been rocking with us from the very beginning all the way up to this point. So again, we want to thank all you all for all the love that you continue to show us. As a reminder, always make sure that you go visit us on vaultclassicpod.com. Once again, that's vaultclassicpod.com, the website You go there to check out all of our past episodes, leave a review, leave a voice note, and of course, learn more about the show in general, and you can get to all of our social media pages from there. So make sure you're going to vaultclassicpod.com, visit us, check out stuff about the show, leave us a voice note, do whatever it is that you want to do, and make sure that you're following us on all of our social media channels by going through the website. As we always say here on The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault. Hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And today we're going to take a trip back to 25 years ago. And we're going to take a trip back to an album and to an artist that doesn't truly get its due, especially considering all the things that I've seen and read about the album and the time since it's come out. But definitely an album that when you talk to people who are fans of hip hop and who were back in 1997 and listening to music, that when they talk about the best albums from this year or maybe even the favorite albums from this year, a lot of people will put this in their favorites. So we're going to go back to August 19th, 1997. And we're going to go to the second album of none other than OC from DITC jewels recorded between 1996 and 1997 at the legendary D and D studios and unique studios with a runtime of 61 minutes and 18 seconds on Payday Records and also Full Frequency Range Recordings or FFRR Records. The producers on this, an all-star cast. DJ Premier, DJ OG, Buckwild, 
the Beat Miners, Showbiz, and Lord Finesse. Of course, Showbiz and Lord Finesse being of DITC fame. And Buck Wild, who did a great amount of production on OC's debut album, Word Life, which came out in 1994, did a quite a bit of work on here as well. This album comes out in 1997. Of course, we've done tons of albums on here that came out in 1997. This is in the midst of a summer where this album really wasn't noticed by a majority of people in the mainstream. I mean, obviously, anybody, if you know most of the DITC members and artists, they were not mainstream artists. They definitely had their foothold in the underground for those who love boom bop hip hop. I mean, obviously, because that was their lane. But it did have some recognition among those who were in the rap publications, who were on the internet, who were previous fans of OC's work and those he affiliated himself with. This is a summer that had fans listening to a number of different artists. I mean, we talked about all the albums that we have reviewed, some that we have not. Wu-Tang, Bad Boy with Puff Daddy and the Family, Missy's debut, Super Duper Fly, Capone Noriega and the War Report, and so much more. Not even mentioning just the things that were out there on the radio that were burning up the charts that summer. It was absolutely crazy. So despite the narrative about 97, it was a very varied and competitive year. I mean, there was a lot of music that came out just in that two or three month time span of the summertime that competed with each other and that were going head to head with each other. Now, in the midst of all this, OC released this album and released it also in the midst of a multi-year run where Digging in the Crates is a click was absolutely killing it. So you start from the beginning of the decade with Lord Finesse's Funky Technician. Then later on with Return of the Funky Man. And then you had Showbiz and AG's Runaway Slave, which came out this year in 1992. Then Diamond D's Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop. Then later on in the decade, you get his own word, Life, which came out in 1994. Then in 1995, you have Big L's Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. Showing AG's Goodfellas and Fat Joe's Jealous Ones Envy. So we're talking about a list of some of the greatest projects put out by members of DITC as a clique. Those albums are albums that a lot of hip hop heads will talk to you about being some of their favorites from Digging in the Crates. It's a superstar lineup of artists, producers, and albums that I just listed right there. OC knew what it was like to release an album in a competitive environment. I mean, when he dropped Word Life in 1994, he was dropping it in the very same year that albums like Illmatic, Ready to Die, The Sun Rises in the East, Resurrection, Tikal, and many others dropped. There's so many different albums that came out during that time. But somehow he's always been built for a competitive environment because he occupied a lane of his own. As I stated with Digging in the Crates, DITC was definitely a clique that served an audience and had a very, very loyal legion of fans that would buy their records and they would also go see them on tours wherever in the world they went. So that was a lane that OC helped to occupy all of his own. Heading into 1997, he wanted to kill any talk of what would be the famous sophomore slump. And we've seen so many acts in hip hop fall victim of the sophomore slump. They come out with a pretty good to great, even classic debut album. And then that second album is not able to live up to the hype of the first album. And this is where he was after he released Word Life. He said in an interview, and this interview was actually what we'll have in the show notes. This was made to West Cheddar, westcheddar.com, where they interviewed him on the making of Jewels in 2017. This was the 20-year anniversary of that album. He said in that interview, he toured heavily between the release of Word Life and the beginning of the recording of Jewels. And during that time, he made a lot of money. 
Now, the situation with his first label, Wild Pitch, which released Word Life, was tenuous. And for those of you who know that things were going to be coming to an end and a lot of artists that started on Wild Pitch definitely did not end on Wild Pitch. And so with the money that he made from touring from almost three years straight of being out on the road, he self-financed a lot of the recording of what would become Jewel's before he even had a record deal. Now, according to him on this album, he said that he and Buck Wild recorded a lot of the songs right around the same time that Mary had just dropped her My Life album. He said a lot of the samples and the feel of the album sounded just like My Life and from the samples that My Life used. And because of that, they wanted to scrap the album and start all over again. And when he went to work in D&D studios, he was in the company of all these different producers and artists. He felt like that would give the album its signature sound. As he described in the interview, and many of us would agree in some respects, Jewel's would be grimier than Word Life because of that. Now, Word Life as an album, the sound as he described was a little bit jazzier. And he said that he couldn't really go back to that sound once he evolved as an artist because he needed to evolve as an artist in order to improve. So he worked with Premier on the album and Premier produced four tracks on here, did a number of intro ludes, uh, beats that were appeared in the beginning of songs. He also mixed a good portion of the album. He DJed for OC while he was touring overseas afterward life. During this time, OC got a chance to watch Primo and Guru work in the studio as a unit. While being in D&D and being around them, he ended up learning from them and being able to take certain things which Primo and Guru did in the studio and took that as a tool he wanted to use for his trade. He also spent a lot of time around MLP and he learned and took a lot of things from them as well. So this environment that he spent while being in D&D around so many different artists that were his contemporaries and his peers ended up giving him a lot of tools he used to craft this album in Jewels. Now, he describes was also a time that Jay-Z was also working in D&D at one time and he was working in an adjacent room and he came through and asked him to lay a verse on something that he was working on with Tone Hooker. Well, that track ended up being Crew Love. And that was the type of environment you talked about, about being in such a place where creatives and where rappers and artists came to create and then being around other great artists, how it can spark your creativity. And that's exactly what it seemed like what happened during his recording with Jules. Now, the all-star cast of producers that he had to help him craft the perfect score for this album, that was really refreshing, especially because when a rapper wasn't necessarily killing the charts, like a lot of his commercial contemporaries, sometimes you don't see that always happen because of budgets and other reasons. But because of that, and because of OC's dedication to his pen game and his craft, that to me is what I think helped make the album work. And it was something that years afterwards, when we talk about this album, people will always say that that gave the album its defining characteristics. And now we want to go ahead and get into it. First thoughts and reflections. So I first found out about OC by hearing Time's Up. Not exactly sure where I first heard it, but I know that when I heard it, I was blown away by it. And when I found out that he was with DITC, then it all just kind of clicked for me. Around the same time, I was becoming fans of many different people within the group, within the clique. Then, of course, he was on Return to the Brooklyn Dodgers, produced by Primo, and I was further intrigued. And that dropped right around the spring, summer of 1995, that became one of the defining songs and beats that I associate that year in hip hop with. His verse on there, of course, was a standout like all the other verses on there. And listening to that is what prompted me to go out and get Word Life. And when I listened to it, it was incredible. I was almost a little upset when I listened to it because I didn't know about it back in 1994. I was so up into the Illmatics 
and the dares the dark sides and the ready to dies and the sun rises in the east and the cows and you keep on naming them and they'll keep on coming out the resurrections all of those and i didn't know about this so i made a note to try to follow him wherever i you know saw his name featured on a song or saw that there was something else coming out that i knew that he was going to be on because I definitely respect his game. He had good wordplay. He had a decent voice, but definitely his bars were up there. And even though he wasn't as heralded, I always thought that he definitely worked at his craft. And he was somebody that when you listen to him, he definitely did not disappoint anytime he got on the mic. Then right around 1997, I want to say that I picked up the source and I was looking at the promos like the source magazine back then used to have tons of promo material for albums and singles that were coming out or movies or clothing lines. And you would see the promos, what were about to come out later on that year. So I saw the promo in that summer of 97, that issue of the source. I want to say it was maybe June where the album cover and that the album was coming soon. So that made me pay attention a little bit. Then also in that same issue, I think it was the same issue. I saw in the section where they showed, you know, photos of, folks in the industry being out and about like either being at shows or on tours or out in the club or at video shoots something sort of like you would see in faces in the crowd i saw a picture of him and singer yvette michelle on a beach in saint lucia after a video had wrapped and i was like hmm that piqued my interest even further and then the video for far from yours dropped and it wasn't the most extravagant of videos but it definitely that mix of what I would then know what would be my world, that song, the second song on the album, and then going into the title track for the video, Far From Yours, blended perfectly to me. And then the backdrop of the Caribbean and then the scene of, you know, him stealing a dough at the card game and being on a chase on the mo motorcycle, riding on the beach and through the terrain and then the beat. And then, you know, like the song and his lyrics and everything kind of like mixed the hook. Uh, it was kind of a little, you know, touch and go, but I love the feel of the video being in the Caribbean and uh, having that, you know, the getaway on the boat at the end of the video. Like to me, it just kind of all just kind of worked. And that's really to me is what got me excited about the album more than anything else, because that was the first songs that the first two songs that I really heard, because you heard that little bit of snippet of my world. That's what got me hyped about the album. So the album drops. And then I want to cop it. I want to get it. So I went out to the store with my boy CJ to cop it. And that day we made a deal. I copped OC's Jewels and he copped Teflon's My Will. Teflon of the firing squad affiliated with MOP. So we agreed to dub the album that each one of us got for each other. And so I waited until CJ dubbed My Will before I listened to Jewels. And when I finally listened to Jewels, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, of course, OC dropped the bars and... As his album title suggested, he dropped jewels throughout those bars. But what changed for me, really, I think, was the narratives of those rhymes. Someone described, I want to say it was the reviewer of, of All Music said this. And this was, I believe it was Matt Conaway, All Music said. He was one of the better MCs when it came to his storytelling. He was becoming the birth of one of hip-hop's next best storytellers. And his storytelling on so many of the songs were incredible on this album. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Just on songs like The Crow and even songs like Can't Go Wrong or Strong J. And even those last two songs, Can't Go Wrong and Strong J, them be having romantic undertones and even sexual undertones when it comes to that in a certain respect. Just kind of just showing the skills. And then talking about as well in war games and songs like Far From Yours and The Chosen One, talking about, you know, basically his prowess as an MC, his skills. He showed incredible depth without switching up his style or the sound or his flow, which is crazy that you could show that much depth in an album, which I really changing up things or feeling like you have to switch up your flow or your sound. So the work that was done on here by Primo, Buckwild, OG, and so many others, Lord Finesse, Showbiz, you know, the beat miners, that sound and listening to those beats is what made me want to produce. This is what made me want to go out and get cakewalk from my computer and plug in a MIDI keyboard and actually sit down to try to learn how to make beats. This is what helped to inspire me to do that. Well, I mean, that and Timbaland as well, that summer made me inspired to make me want to start making beats. After it was all said and done, I had a lot more respect for OC as an MC and an artist because I felt like he pulled it off again. I mean, to avoid that sophomore slump is a big thing in hip hop. To make sure that you don't flop after you come out with an exceptional debut album like he did with Word Life. I felt like he created an album that was different than his debut, but it didn't compromise what he wanted to do as a wordsmith and a performer. And not only that, you were getting this reputation about this guy that like, man, there's nothing really flashy about him. But there's something about this dude. He has something. And so you started to feel that even more on listening to Jules that he had something there. And sometimes it was something that you couldn't really explain. Highlights and lowlights. So just for just to clear up before we get started on this, I don't have, if anything, really any real lowlights on here. Like something that I said is just absolutely just garbage. Nothing is garbage on here. Everything on here to me is I would say at quality level or quality level, meaning it's at seven and a half and up as far as the ratings of the songs out of 10. My highlights starting off with my world and having that song with Primo, which Primo puts his work in on here. Like I said, on four tracks, I love the verses on here on my world. Then heading into war games, war games is something as a, first of all, the beat is ridiculous and I have organized confusion on there. Spit that hook with OC pretty much talking about the skills as an MC I love Can't Go Wrong and a sample of Can't Go Wrong is really what caught my ear as well. That sample of American Tango by Weather Report, using that to help to play in with the hook, definitely gotta love it. But then when you get into a song like Dangerous, featuring none other than the late great Big L, <laughs> probably my favorite on the album. First of all, the beat is great. Shout out to Mr. Wall of the Beat Miners doing his thing on here. To hear OC and then Big L sort of just go back and forth with verses on this, especially on that third verse, where they were going back and forth is crazy. And then you really just listen to that. You just sort of get an idea again of Big L's greatness and his potential. The fact that he would be around great MCs and people who would become great MCs and artists, and they would marvel at his talent, marvel at his talent level. There's a funny story about that, as a matter of fact, in the article in that story that I read, the interview that OC did about Wes Cheddar. And he said that about Big L, that seemed to do progress. He was in high school when he got his first deal. He was a kid, so he graduates. His album comes out. Didn't get a lot of fanfare, but he said he saw him evolve from like, you know, being double son to be on the radio spitting with Jay or stretching Bobito, that famous freestyle that we all know. And he said, yo, to do is a problem. And so he said he had to chase him around really to get him to come to be on this record. He told him like, yo, I got an idea. He's like, I'll be there. I'll be there. And then he's like running around trying to get his record label started a flamboyant. 
And he finally tells him, like, yo, I got a check for you. I got money. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll be there in 20 minutes. So then he shows up. And then he goes up. He comes up there. They spit the verse. And then says that, you know, while he's still on his grind, he had to get him to come back to the studio to do that third verse where they're doing their back and forth parts where they were trading off four bars at a time. And he said the shit, though, in his words, was magic. He said the shit was magic, B. He said, I was like, you got to come back. And he told him, like, yo, I got more bread for you just to make sure that he come back. And he came through on time and he stayed a little bit longer. And he said that he was quick on his feet like some Mayweather shit. And he even said that that was part of the whole thing about having Big L on that album. But that's one of my favorites, though, man. Definitely L and OC kill it. And I love being able to hear those dudes go back and forth on that. Far From Yours, as I mentioned before, to me, this was the single that they used as the first single for this album and the only single that actually came out. And, you know, the video was the main thing that got me into this song. And at this time, Yvette Michelle was sort of like in a mode where she was being signed to Loud Records. She was being co-signed as well by Funkmaster Flex. She had come out with that track, I'm Not Feeling You, that summer. So she definitely has some buzz behind her as well. But the song, I mean, like the song, the sample from that definitely works. That sample of Tomorrow by the Brothers Johnson. I mean, everybody knows Tomorrow, of course, as well, being with Tevin Campbell doing that as well. But this one was the original sample. But that sample works. And then just, you know, the beat and then even having her vocals on there, even though I said the hook is a little silly, like the words and the lyrics of the hook, but the song worked for me. Stronche. Now, Stronche is for those of y'all who are not aware, I did a review earlier this year with Charlie D of the Word to the Mother podcast. Shout out to my girl, Charlie. And we talked about Boomerang. And Boomerang, of course, had characters in it, lots of epic characters that were great in Black Movie Lexicon. One of the characters on there was Grace's drone, Strong J. So he based a lot of that song as far as the name of the woman that he was talking about off of that character. But this is really creative songwriting. I mean, it's a clever tie into the movie of Boomerang, but when you listen to it, it's some of the best storytelling raps when it comes to a rapper hooking up with a shorty. One of the best storytelling joints on here. Then you follow it up with another highlight of mine's The Crow. Now, to talk about this as being abstract storytelling is an understatement. Really excellent job of using sort of like this allegory, like an abstract sense of telling a story through something like this. And he said that that in The Crow, the imagery and stuff in The Crow really happened. It's something that he was basing off something that actually happened to him in real life. And he took that image, that sign, and used it to write this song. Now, You and Yours, great song, good lyrics. A good alternative use of A Garden of Peace by Lonnie Liston Smith after it already had been used by Dead Presidents by Ski for Jay-Z the year before on Reasonable Doubt. It was the same song, but a different type of sample with a different sound. Gotta love Hypocrite, that sensitized sample from Roy Ayers, and of course OC spitting his game on that, talking about hustling, and then to end the album out with Jewels. Lord Finesse Strikes Again, definitely a great closing track, just like he did with Vicky on Suicidal Thoughts and Ready to Die. He closes this out with a great, great beat and a great song for OC to sort of close this out on. Those are my highlights. I mean, obviously, the other ones on here are great, too, as well. I, I do like Chosen One. Uh, shout out to Freddie Fox on here, who featured on two songs, that being When the G and then Mug or M-U-G. Both of those produced, of course, by DJ Premier. Great production on here. Really, really great lyrics. And you got to love the guest spots with Freddie Fox and then with Yvette Michelle and Organized Confusion. Now, my only lowlights on here, I kind of wished that Organized Confusion had verses on War Games. 
what I wouldn't give to have yet another feature having Pharaoh Monch. And then they include Prince Poe on that as well. Pharaoh was on Word Life on Let It Slide. And he featured on this as well with his partner, but they only did the hook and didn't have verses. I wish they would have had verses on here. If, they, if I do have something to nitpick, that's probably what I'm nitpicking right there. Notable quotables. So my notable quotable comes from my world. And it's the first verse in my world. And there's lots of great verses on here. And I would have picked the Big L verse, but I feel like I wanted to pick this one because this is the first verse that hits you right out of the box. That nigga Slick Rick said, I waited a long time sweating it. I got jerked, but now I'm getting it. Hazy like asthma, bizarre disaster. Stress almost held me down from being the master, the faster. Teacher, poet, a teacher. It's been so long like Monifa. Believe that I'm needed and rapping. I breathe this. Some pick up a microphone and can't achieve this. Oscar award winning. Your shit, I'm bored with it. Stop copycatting, son. Why? Because your dog did it. Get your own lingo. Make up your own jingle. Ten years later, you'll be biting my single. Primo, take it downtown, swing it. Intervening on the board since the mill is steaming. It just comes out just spitting fire off the break. And the whole, it's been so long like Mulifa, just from that <laughs> I Miss You remix with AZ. Really just showing the guy that's in tune with the game. I mean, I love that verse coming out of it off the break. And that beat just knocks really, really hard. But I love that. And then for those who know, that line, the faster preacher, poet, a teacher, was sampled by Pete Rock during True Master. Definitely those who know, know. So that's my notable quotable. Final verdict. So my final verdict on this, I think that this is definitely an underground classic. And I say underground because this is a, an album that wasn't commercially really big. It didn't sell a lot of units. And the single that they did have, Far From Yours, did reach 81 on the top 100, which OC himself said was cool. But, you know, for the most part, though, he knew who he was making this album for. Overall, it's a borderline classic for me, all in all. And if uh, on my regular scale, I said 7 to 10, I would say I give it about a 9 out of 10 in regards to how much I'm feeling it. If this was a total 10-point scale overall, I would give it about an 8.75, like between an eight and a half and a nine. If it was on the mic scales, we're talking about the mic rating. For me, this would be right between a four to four and a half mics. And it's definitely gotten better reviews as time has gone on. Now, OC even said in that interview with Wes Cheddar that when it first came out, he said things were a little quiet about it. So he started questioning himself whether or not he took the right direction on the album. But as time passed, a little bit further out after the album came out, when reviews came in, particularly when reviews came in from overseas, that the buzz of the album grew and the memories of the album has improved in the 25 years since time has passed. And anytime that I see interactions about this online and message boards or on Twitter or on Facebook or on Reddit or other communities that I'm in, there are lots of fond memories that people from all over the globe have about this album. And when you talk about the releases from DITC, I put this as solidly in the top half of those releases that I mentioned earlier. It's, you know, the Funky Technicians, the Runaway Slaves, the Stunts, Blunts, and Air Pops, the Goodfellas, Jealous Ones, Envy, Life Survival of the Poor and Dangerous. This is definitely in the top half of those for me, including Word Life. Now, if you want to talk about which one is better, Word Life or Jules, you can talk to fans of both albums, and you won't get a consistent answer among a single subset of fans of OC or fans of those albums. Because some people can't really choose. Good luck getting a straight answer out of people for that. But definitely an album that I think that folks remember and had the opinion of it has definitely improved as time has gone on. And OC is definitely a workman's MC. 
a workman's artist. He gives a workmanlike effort every time he steps out on the booth. He's someone who isn't flashy or extraordinary, but one thing that I can say about him is that he's efficient and reliable. And I think everyone in the game that respects him for that, respects him for his wordplay and his dedication to the craft of MCing, not really straying further from the roots of where he began is what I think people respect about OC more so than anything else. And that is maintained over the almost 30 years that he's been out as an MC or more than 30 years that he's been out as an MC since he started before Word Life up until this point now where he's still out there in the game and in the industry amongst the people. So OC Jewels, make sure that y'all go check it out. The album though is right now out of print, but you can definitely look at getting some of the physical copies on the secondary market. And of course it's available on streaming. So you make sure y'all go check that out ASAP and continue the conversation with us on social media. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram or TikTok. Let us know what you think about it. Hit us up and let us know what your best memories on this album are. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you are visiting us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. There you can learn more about the show. Check out our past episodes. Join our mailing list. Leave a review. Or if so inclined, you can leave us a voice note. Click the blue microphone in the bottom right-hand corner to leave us a voice note to let us know what you think about the show or to just show us some love. To support the show, click the coffee cup shaded in yellow in the bottom left-hand corner to access our Buy Me A Coffee page. On Buy Me A Coffee, you can give a small monetary donation to support the show to ensure that we can keep the vault open for many years to come. You can also visit us on social media at Vault Classic Pod on IG, Twitter, and on TikTok. Also hit us on YouTube and our Facebook page. Like and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the pod and the YouTube channel. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary or ordinary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.